Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're going to hear a million no's before you get a yes. And it doesn't matter if it's investors or clients. You know, you just have to keep going. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Hey, this is Z Holly in for Esprit Devora, and I'm really excited to have Ashley Crowder here. She's the CEO and founder of Ventana, which is doing really cool stuff at the intersection of data and marketing and holographic projection and augmented reality and manufacturing. And so really, really excited to have you on the show. Welcome Th- to the Women in Tech show. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So Ventana is an end-to-end solution for premium mixed reality experiences. Ooh. Uh, we've got <laughs> our own patented hardware that uh, projects holograms. And our software makes them interactive. So you can throw a ball to Roger Federer or you can ask a question to a help desk in a mall. Whoa, okay, that's a lot. So let's yeah. break it down a little bit. Um, explain a couple of companies that you've worked with. Yeah, so our, our clients range from... Uh, Nike, who used our technology to unveil new football uniforms at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. So as players walked in, we had a hologram rise up out of the ground wearing the new uniform, um, which was a big hit to Lexus, who we built hologram car configurators for. So with your gestures, you could pick your color, your rims, your interior see yourself in your car. Um, But then I know exactly what car you want. And we collect all that data and sync it with their CRM. So we've actually more than doubled their qualified leads at all the stadiums we've done for them. Um, All the way to a farm equipment company who uses our technology to show how their equipment works because they can't bring a cow to a conference. So (laughs) (laughs) we do a hologram version of that, um, which has really helped them explain to clients how it all works. Well, you know what, Ted, I I was there once when they brought a big ox on stage. Really? Yes. (laughs) But they didn't need to, I guess, if they had Ventana. (laughs) It's easier via hologram for sure. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, it's interesting how you're, uh, you really are doing more than entertainment. I think that a lot of, Folks that do know Ventana from the early days would, would think of it more as sort of from the entertainment standpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, we're being based in L.A. Entertainment was the low hanging fruit. Um, it was easy to start out with. And our clients still include Disney, ABC, NBC. Um, but it's not for a show We're they're using our technology to engage consumers and launch new products and learn about them. Mm-hmm. And so, so for us, it's really about the data platform we've built. So we're, when you interact with a hologram, we're learning everything about you and we're sending mm-hmm. that back to the brand. Um, and today, you know, our, our clients are, are a big range and, and what we're really excited about is our, our latest release of our AI hologram. So uh, we can connect with any chat bot and let that be the brain 
plane of the hologram. Mm-hmm. So we're using this at a financial institution and you can deposit money or withdraw money all via the hologram. So you're basically creating virtual humans yes. in a way, but they look they look like three-dimensional virtual humans. Exactly. So it's just a much more authentic and new interface for these chatbots that people are interacting with now on their phones and online. What's your role in the company? Um, so I'm the CEO and co-founder. When did you actually start the company? And, and is this the first time that you got involved in tech? Um, no. So I have a master's in engineering. I've always loved building things like since I was a kid, taking everything apart um, before I knew how to put it back together. <laughs> um, and, you know, I worked at Northrop Grumman for a little while. I worked at British Petroleum for a bit, um, but I always wanted to start my own company and ended up starting Ventana um, about five and a half years ago. So in 2012, um, asked Ben, my co-founder, to join me and started Ventana, which was initially music-based, as you mentioned, um, entertainment. Um, very quickly, you know, we, we built this for music and all our clients were brands. So we said, why do you guys like this? What do you want to do with this technology? Mm-hmm. Um, and really let our clients guide us to where we are today. Yeah, you, you've been involved in the tech world from the very beginning. How did you decide to go down? I mean, obviously you like to pick, take things apart, but how did you end up going into engineering school. What was that process like? Um, It's pretty funny. So um, my dad uh, was an electrician and started his own construction company. So I'd ride around in his truck on the weekends to job sites. So I I got really into building then. Um, He didn't go to college. So I, I was asking my friends, parents for advice on applying. And they said, well, you know, you should put engineering on your applications because there's not enough women engineers. I'll help you get in. <laughs> so that's what I did. And I got into USC engineering um, and ended up getting a and scholarship. <laughs> and they were like, it's actually harder to get in. So you should try it. Um, and I loved it. And so it, it was kind of a, a roundabout way of getting there. <laughs> so what would your advice be to women who are interested in getting involved in tech? I would say just start building and trying and, and finding programs. Um, there's so many programs out there today, whether it's coding or um, mechanical engineering in high school, you know, stuff that just wasn't around when, when I was a kid. And I think the biggest thing is engineering doesn't have to mean Northrop Grumman and building fighter jets. It doesn't have to mean sitting at your desk all day and coding. Engineering, there's so many different fields of engineering and it can be programming lights for a concert or augmented reality. Like it, it's just such a wide range. And I think that's what I want women to know is it doesn't have to be this masculine job. Mm. What would you say your calling is? Do you have one? Um... I mean, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to start my own company. And I just have that drive to do it and make it work at all costs. It, it drive, I'm just driven to do that. And I, I can't imagine doing anything else. <laughs> it's interesting, though. A lot of times uh, folks that I meet that their their first and foremost interest is being an entrepreneur they're not necessarily successful because they're not driven by the project or the idea or the product. Um, but in your case, you're very, you're, you've become very successful. So what do you think, what would you attribute that to? I mean, I do love building and I love tech. Um, and I knew that was always going to be a part of my life. And I think that's enabled me to build a company because if you can't build a product, what are you going to sell? Hmm. Um, and I think we've really, you know, you can, you need to be passionate about solving a problem, 
But to know that problem well, you have to talk to your customers. And I think we have been really good at listening to our clients and getting feedback and iterating based on that. So what you start out building when you have this idea, it's going to morph and change. What's the biggest challenge that you had, you know, as you're pursuing this calling, you had to think back on the biggest, that most deepest despair, the hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, raising money was hard. Mm-hmm. We, uh, both my co-founder and myself had no experience doing this. I mean, I major <laughs> engineering. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so we read tons of books. We asked for advice. We reached out to people and, and you kind of learn it as you go. Um, but it is so relationship based. So I started going to every networking event I could <laughs> to meet investors because I didn't know any. Um, and so that was uh, a real challenge. In How the long beginning. did it take? A while. I mean, we bootstrapped for a long time. Um, we both Ben and I, you know, had our parents entrepreneurs we looked at as examples. And, you know, 50 years ago, there was not really VC funding mm-hmm. and they, they were they built traditional companies. So we would call them and they'd say, if you don't have a contract yet, you're not a real company. So <laughs> um, so we we bootstrapped for a long time and we started with events. So we got clients paying us for events uh, to rent the tech. Um, and that was a great way for us to start and kind of continue to iterate and have cash before funding. What did you learn from that experience that's um, helped you be successful? You're going to hear a million no's before you get a yes. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's investors or clients. You know, you just have to keep going. Mm. It is hard to keep going sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> You've, uh, have you had a mentor to help you through this? A bunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, our, we, we have really great investors. Um, you know, Tilt Ventures was one of our first uh, investors and Shamine was uh, one of the partners. She's now at another firm. Um, she was one of the people who was like, no one knows who you are. You got to go out and meet people, go to these events. <laughs> and that was great, great advice. Um, you know, General Petraeus is an investor who has been, uh, also invaluable with advice and, and helping introduce us to clients. Um, same with Paradigm Talent Agency. So really, uh, our, our investors have been amazing. Awesome. You're in L.A. Um, tell us a little bit about what, you know, how L.A. has impacted your success and, and how you've tapped into it. L.A. has been great to start a company. Um, it is a smaller tech ecosystem than San Francisco, but in a good way. So people are still willing to help uh, and make introductions, which has been great. Um, whereas I think San Francisco is a little more cutthroat or competitive. Um, also, AR and VR is based here now because all the studios are investing in it because they don't want to be left behind like the music industry. So there's, there's money for that industry. Also, because all the studios are based here, there's tons of 3D artists which are required for all AR and VR. So we have um, tons of talent to pull from. Um, LA also graduates more engineers than any other city in the country, which most people don't realize. So it's been um, really great to pull talent from. Awesome. Awesome. Is there another woman in tech either here or in L.A. or or anywhere that really inspires you? There's a lot. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, uh, Nplug, um, Nancy Liu from Nplug is an amazing founder. Um, I mean, Nplug's her second successful company, which is incredible. Um, And, you know, I have a great network of women tech entrepreneurs. We kind of stick together. 
Um, so the CEO of VR Playhouse uh, is amazing. And I just attend a lot of different women events to, to meet more. What's the best lesson you've learned about yourself in pursuing your dream? Have you been surprised? Yeah, I guess, I guess the biggest thing I learned about myself, I, I mean, in the beginning, it was just spending myself. We were building the product. We were the salespeople. We, we were everything. <laughs> and I had never done sales or biz dev. And I remember uh, we went to a networking event and he basically was like teaching me how to hit on people. And it was so funny. I was like, I don't know how to start a conversation. He's like, it's like when I hit on girls, you, know, you just make something up to talk to them. And like, Sometimes I wonder if men are more successful at fundraising because they have so much experience getting no's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was funny, but I still remember that. And since then, you know, now it's, it's become second nature to me to network. Um, and it's so, it's such an important skill, but it was a skill I I, I did not have at all before. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, and and I saw that was like almost six years ago. That's interesting. Yeah. Is, that, <laughs> is that because you come from more the engineering rather than the business side? I, I think so because it was never taught to to me. Yeah. Like I didn't think about that. Like all my classes were very specific subjects. Where I think in the business school you learn a little bit more about soft skills, whether that's you know, presentations or interviewing. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was at MIT, there was a, a professor, Ken Morris, he was the head of the entrepreneurship school. And he had this like finishing school that he would open up to the engineering side of the, you know, he was in the business school, but yeah. to the engineers, <laughs> it was really funny. And you'd actually learn which cutlery to use, how to start a conversation, how but to. But it's so important. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember being at a dinner and they're like, why don't you pick the wine? I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but it's those things that you don't think about that. Oh my God. That's come so up. funny. That's so true. Oh my God. Um, so what's next for you? Uh, we're still building Ventana. I mean, we're, we're so excited. We're hiring. Uh, so we're looking for great engineers. Um, we just brought on, uh, our first salesperson. So, uh, we we're getting like 15 inbound leads a day right now. So I'm so excited for her to start because I can't keep up. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just building it as big as we can. and, And that's really my whole focus. Really cool. It's such an inspiring story. And and I love to hear about your path. A lot of folks that get into tech these days uh, don't start in tech. So it's a different, it, yours is a really different path where you've, you have it in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to hear that story. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks. Yeah, this is so great. If you loved this conversation as much as I did, check out my conversation with Ashley on the Art of Manufacturing podcast. We get into an even deeper discussion about our entrepreneurial journey. Tune in at artofmfg.com or search for The Art of Manufacturing on your favorite podcast player. It's a behind-the-scenes look at how entrepreneurs who make stuff are trying to make it in their industries. This is Z Holly in for Esprit Devora. Thanks for listening to Women in Tech. Bye. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.